and welcome to the Flex. It's Matt St. Jean here with Joe Howie, a special Big East regular season champion edition of the podcast. Joe, how does it feel? Oh, it feels absolutely fantastic. We're on the road right now. We were both in person at the game tonight. What a win. What a night. History was made for the Providence Friars. The founders of the Big East Conference have brought home the, the regular season title. What a game. And you can you can put any starting point on this you want. You can start with, this all started with Dave Gavitt in those years. You can go back to Nate Watson, A.J. Reeves joining this program. You can go back to the start of this year, that game against Fairfield. But you really, this was one game where the Friars put it all together offense, defense, working in tandem in front of a, an environment that was just electric. Let me tell you, this is my first time at the dunk since that URI game. I, I had a headache from about five minutes after the students got there all night long because it was so loud and it was constant. It was fantastic. One of the best college basketball environments I have ever been at, period. And then storming the court at the end. I don't think there's a way to talk about this game without talking about the energy in that building. No, and you have to give all the credit in the world to the student section. The Fire Fanatics did a fantastic job of displaying the, the, the energy and the enthusiasm surrounding this Providence team. It was a lucky Friars out theme tonight. All students wore green. A lot of the regular fans wore green tonight, too, to, dis to display the, the luck of the Flyers. Because, you know, it takes a lot of luck to win a regular season Big East title. It takes a lot of luck to only lose twice in conference play to this point. So, to everyone out there, Jeff Goodman, all the haters, we're so lucky. And we're hoisting the trophy over our heads tonight. So, so damn lucky. Rhode Island has the luckiest fans in the Big East, in, in the country right now. Not a doubt about it. And there's no player that was luckier tonight than A.J. Reeves. What a performance from him. You could tell before the game he was on, he was ready for this environment, and he had it from start to finish. And there, there's no more perfect stat than that, that first game that he ever played in a Providence uniform that set the bar sky high for him against Siena, 29 points, 7-9 from deep, he matched it. Seven threes tonight. That was the most important number, and you could tell there, there was a sensation of relief, a weight off his shoulders after the game. It, it looked like he'd kind of been chasing that dragon, chasing that performance, that high he got in the first game he ever played in college basketball for his whole career. And he finally found it yet again in the last game, in all likelihood, he played at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Yeah, Matt, this is something we talked about in the post-game after that win against Xavier. This is something that, that's been floating around the, the Friar uh, Twitter atmosphere for the past couple of weeks, is the, the, the play of A.J. Reeves. And we, t we talked about this. We said... You know, he's been flirting with, you know, reaching that career high that he set for himself on opening night freshman year. And here he is again, seven threes against Siena back four years ago, seven threes tonight against Creighton. You know, I, I couldn't think of a better way for him to go out. And you saw the smile on his face. He was the happiest person in the building tonight. I'm happy for him. 
you could sense the enthusiasm coming off of him tonight. You really could. It was infectious. He had this big smile on his face. I saw, I got a great video of him in the closing seconds talking to LaDante Henton and some of the other players and coaches on the sideline. And yeah, there was not a happier player in that building. The possible exception of Nate Watson, who, I mean, the, the Friars scored 72 points. It was a 72-51 victory. How many points did Watson have, Joe? 12. And honestly, they were all important ones. This was against a paint defense that is one of the better paint defenses in the country. You got a big seven-footer there and Ryan Kalkbrenner. And Watson really ate him up every time he had the opportunity to. He got a couple unlucky bounces, I'd say, at points. But he got what he wanted for 40 minutes. I'd say for the time that Watson had on the floor, you know, and he split with Croswell, who had a... Croswell had a good game, too, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But for the time that he had on the floor, Watson had his way with Ryan Kalkbrenner. And listen, Kalkbrenner's tall. He's lanky. He's long. He is not girthy. And Watson had the clear weight advantage in the paint. And every time that man had the ball, he just imposed his dominance on Ryan Kalkbrenner. Listen, you feel for, for Kalkbrenner. He's a younger guy. But at the end of the day... It was Watson's show in the paint. You gave him the ball, and you know he was scoring. Yeah, because he, he was taking the contact without an issue, and he, he was out-skilling out him, too. The, the footwork from Watson being in the, uh, and I almost said NBA, being in college basketball this long, he's refined that. He knows what he's doing, and it was just clear throughout the game. I think the other aspect that really stood out for Providence, defense. Defense from the start. I mean, the Creighton could not get into a rhythm. We had backcourts and over and backs and all that for this Creighton offense that really never found a rhythm. Part of that, you're missing Ryan Nemhard, but you got to play with the guys you have. And the guys that Creighton had on the floor tonight were overwhelmed by this Providence defense. You can talk all you want about missing Ryan Nemhard. And listen, for a Creighton team that has, uh, for lack of a better term, lived and died by him, Yes, that sucks. But at the end of the day, Providence beat Texas Tech without Jared Bynum. And listen, he comes off the bench, but Jared Bynum is your starting point guard. So I really don't want to hear it. Um, This is a good Creighton team. They're a Creighton team that is overperformed given their preseason expectations. Providence was picked seventh. Creighton was picked eighth. Creighton is more than likely going to finish fourth in the conference. Providence first. I mean... Clearly, Providence will finish first. But at the end of the day, with Ryan Hemmart, no Ryan. At the end of the day, Providence beat you by 21 points. Ryan Ryan Hemmart is not going to score 21 points for you. Is he going to be a a difference maker? Absolutely. 21 points? Probably not. Is it a tighter game with him on the floor? Yes. Does Providence still win with him on the floor? Probably. Yeah, I mean, this is, the Friars just shut down Creighton from start to finish, outplayed him for 40 minutes. And this is the first time we've seen Providence do that in a little bit. Creighton led 2-0 and never led again. The Friars controlled this, like we said, essentially from start to finish. Took a couple tries to get that first basket to fall, but once they did, it was smooth sailing. Creighton would hang around and not let the Friars get that final nail in the coffin at points. But this Providence offense was firing on all cylinders, for the most part, getting the shots that they wanted to get, and the defense was getting stops. And you know what this reminded me of a little bit, Joe? 
What's up? Senior night from two years ago against DePaul. This is clearly a better team than that DePaul team, but it's a reminder of how much the environment matters and how much the emotion matters in the sport. Because these guys on the floor for the Providence know this is the last time they're stepping foot in this building. This is it for them. And it's really hard to beat a team that's motivated like that. It's exceptionally hard to do it. The Friars were locked in, and Clayton's young. They weren't ready. They're this is a good team. They're probably going to go to the NCAA tournament. I'll, I'll be surprised if they don't. And, yeah, I mean, they they got overwhelmed by a team that will be a top four seed in March, for sure. Should be a top ten team in the AP poll on Monday and is the champion of the Big East. If you look at the season holistically... You have to give Greg McDermott and his squad a lot of credit. They were picked eighth, and more than likely they're finishing four or higher. So you you give Greg McDermott a lot of credit. He's a really good coach. This is a really talented young team. And the reason I say young is because this is an old Big East. You look up and down the conference, and you see a lot of seniors. You see a lot of grad students. And... For Creighton to compete the way that they have is incredible, given the the field of competition. So you give this team a lot of credit, but you also have to give Ed Cooley and his team a lot of credit because this is a Providence squad that was picked seventh. You know, you lose David Duke to the draft, and you pull in a couple of transfers. You don't know what they're going to do. At the end of the day, This is a Providence squad that thrived off of the impact of Al Durham and Justin Minaya. This is a Providence squad that thrived for the second season in a row off of the glue guy impact of Noah Horkler. This is a Providence squad that continues for the fifth season in a row to thrive off of the impact of Nate Watson, A.J. Reeves for four seasons in a row, continuing to provide impact late in important games, three-point shots, scoring ability. This is a Providence squad that, you know, has been through the ringer, whether it's in Providence, in South Carolina, in Indiana, in North Florida. Is that where Hogan is from? Yeah. This is a Providence squad that has been through the ringer through all across the country, and tonight they put it on full display, and they brought home the Big East regular season title. So, yeah, it was just... You could see on the players' faces, especially in that pregame ceremony, when they got to talk to Ed Cooley and have their jerseys put up there in those frames and everything. You could see how much this team means to each other, to this coach, that family environment that they have created together. You could see it after the game in the celebration. And I mean, the court storming, you got Ed Cooley taking the mic in, in the center of the court chanting, us, we together, family friars. You know, Joe, we learned that the first day at orientation. And they're all buying in, guys who were grad students, guys who haven't been here for the whole time. But, I mean, guys like Justin and Al, they got so much out of this experience. You can tell that this is so, so important, so meaningful to them on a personal level. Forget the basketball aspect, the relationships formed here. And... The, the lessons learned as people, it's it's incredible what Ed Cooley has done. He is, especially with Arizona losing today, I, Ed Cooley has to be the National Coach of the Year. I, I At this point, he has to be with what Providence has done. I, I don't see any other argument. You go 13-13 and 13 
with Nate Watson, who is arguably a top five center in the country, and David Duke, who is undoubtedly a NBA player. He goes on and he starts six or seven games for the Brooklyn Nets. He is undoubtedly an NBA player. You go 13-13 and with that squad, you return with only Nate Watson, only A.J. Reeves, only Andrew Fonts from that squad, and you go 24-3 and on the regular season pending a matchup with Villanova. You, you can't you can't not talk about Ed Cooley for for coach of the year nationally. Biggie's coach of the year, that's got to be locked up. And listen, all the respect in the world to Shaka Smart, and he did a hell of a job with Marquette because Marquette won a, went on one crazy run back in January, but they've come back to earth. And, you know, Justin Lewis is definitely a first-team all-conference selection, and no one is going to doubt the success of Marquette and their legitimacy with respect to the NCAA tournament. But when you look at Shaka Smart with respect to Ed Cooley, you have to have to look at the, the long-term dividends of Ed Cooley and what he's done with this squad. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. 24-3. and three. Yep, that, that's it right there. And it's the confidence to me that he instills in his players. And I don't think there's a player that symbolizes that more than Jared Bynum, who's the one guy we haven't talked about tonight because he had had not, not his best game. He only scored seven points tonight. It's still a really good game for him, just a night where the shots weren't falling like they have been the last couple weeks. This is a guy who came into Providence and struggled last year, had injuries, could not make a shot. This year, he is this team's leader when he's on the, on the court. He's the floor general. And that's it's a position that's so important with Ed Cooley's offense, needing that guard that can create an isolation, bail out the offense late when things aren't working. It's He's been incredible, and there's a lot of coaches that are going to watch their guard have a performance, like what Jared Bynum did last year, and say, whew, all right, well, we're moving on to somebody else next year. And Cooley didn't do that, because he knew what he had. He just had to steady him. And, he, I mean... Is there a player in Providence that doesn't have the green light to take the shots that they want to take this year? Nope. We've we've seen in the past that Cooley having a quick hook with guys not take when they take shots that he doesn't like. This year, they all pretty much have the green light. He has confidence in them. Why? Because they're making these shots in practice. They're making plays all over the court. When you play good defense and you get extra possessions because you're forcing turnovers and things like that, you play with confidence, you earn the right to take some of these shots that you wouldn't usually be able to take. And that's why Bynum and Reeves and Manaya and Horkler are all having the best seasons of their careers. Here's the thing with Jared Bynum, and there are a lot of Jared Bynum haters out there Matt, you and I were doubtful about Jared Bynum last year, objectively. Here's the thing about Jared Bynum. He will go down with the likes of Kyron Cartwright, Bryce Cotton, Chris Dunn, Dante Hatton, the, the Vincent Consul. The, the list goes on and on of Friar point guard greats, and rightfully so. Ed Cooley thrives, and this Providence program thrives with a point guard that can set the table and also score and take over the game when needed. Jared Bynum is all that. He's a table-setting point guard. He's great at dishing the ball out. He is great at assisting his teammates. 
He's also great at creating shots for himself, especially late in the shot clock when it's needed. Case in point, look at the look at the Xavier game. Look at that third overtime when we needed a bucket late in that third overtime. Who hits the three? It's not Reeves. It's not Horkler, not Manaya, not Durham. It's Jared Bynum. Look at that Georgetown game. Who dropped 32 points that game? Not Nate Watson. Not Al Durham. Not Noah Horkler. Jared Bynum. He is the type of player whose name will be hanging in the rafters in the Dunkin' Donuts Center. He is the type of player that you're going to see as the Big East Tournament MVP one day. It might not be the, the, the first team all-conference selection like uh, like, a, like a Miles Powell or like a, a Marcus Howard or Colin Gillespie, for, for that matter. But he'll be like the Kyron Cartwright for the Big East Tournament MVP. He is going to be that player that makes the difference in Providence history with respect to Big East championships. And I, I think Jared Bynum will be a shoe-in for sixth man of the year this year when it comes to conference awards. But you said it. I mean, this is a guy, he, this, the ceiling, the, the sky is the limit for what Jared Bynum can do going forward Absolutely. for the Friars. Looking back at his Big East slate and what this team has accomplished, I mean, it's a team. How many different guys have we seen step up when it mattered? Every, every single one of them. You know, I feel like there were points in the season when we were saying, oh, Justin Minaya is our best player. Noah Horkler is the glue guy. Jared Bynum's hot. Oh, Al Durham is the transfer of the year. Oh, this is Nate Watson's team. A.J. Reeves is having a great senior year. How many times, and, and for, for any of our loyal listeners, go back, re-listen to the podcast. How many times did we say that? Any of those six or seven guys, Ed Croswell week, for, for, for Christ's sake, go back and listen. How many times did we highlight a specific player or a specific group of players throughout the season? This is the type of team that wins championships. This is the type of team that travels in March, that travels through the Big East tournament. Go back and listen. Re-listen to the podcast. This is not a, 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 a Miles Powell-led team. This is not a, oh, Colin Gillespie's the player of the year type team. This is a well-rounded group effort. If we don't have a single player on the Big East first team, that's just fine because we're the type of team that will have six guys worthy of the first team, but we'll win the, net, we'll win the Big East championship without a first-team accolade. Yeah. And then this team is so deep. Bryson Goodon, four threes against Northwestern in that tournament back of the Prudential Center. Huge game for him. Andrew Fonts knocking down a three at Butler in the 19-point comeback. And to go with that, Andrew Fonts got himself a bucket tonight. So, so happy for him to get points in his last game with the Dunkin' Donuts Center. This team, this team is lethal because you don't know which guy is going to be the one to kill you on any night. And the flip side is they've got Justin Manaya who's going to be able to take out your best player. If you come in, like, whoever that guy is, and every team has a guy, even even the Flyers, as deep as they are, they really have, they have two guys at the top. If you're looking for guys that are going to get a bucket on you, it's going to be Bynum or Watson. Those are, those are the guys all season long that have done it. So... But Manaya, you can put him on anybody in the conference, and he's going to shut him down. We saw it tonight. Ryan Hawkins. Manaya was all over him like glue in this game, not giving him any separation. He's just – it's its everybody on this team, man. They love each other. They're so fun to watch. After, after the way 2020 ended with us at Madison Square Garden and just watching the world fall apart as the tournament got canceled, to be sitting here – 
almost exactly two years later to have a team that is Big East champions and you watch what Ed Cooley has done with it there's no words man I mean it it makes me emotional just talking about it because it, it, it means something this team has such a strong connection for us and it's it's fantastic Matt I, I, I was gonna say you know uh, roughly two years ago uh, it was the last game that we called as WDOM Providence College Radio Broadcasters and it was senior night against DePaul we blew them out that was a team with five seniors Alpha Diallo Malik White Lawan Pipkins Khalif Young and Emmett Holt five seniors tonight we recognized six seniors and you know we went we, we went on to the to the, the the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden you and I were there with Thomas Zinzarella before Providence had even entered the building and it got shut down so to, to come all this way and see a team with five plus seniors the five starters plus Andrew Fonts and see a similar senior night where you have your way with the opponent and come out on top and be recognized as one of the premier teams in the conference it's nostalgic but it's also historic because in one breath you're reliving what that team had felt back in 2020 but in the same breath you're also you're taking a you're, you're taking a sigh of oh my god this is the first time this team is winning a, a Big East regular season title. And you look ahead, the, the, the regular season's not over. We're, we're playing Villanova on Tuesday. And that will be the bow on top if you can beat them at home. That's going to be a very tough game, and I'm not expecting it to be, a, a, in any sense of the word, an easy game. But at, at, at the same time, you have to think the Fires are playing with, with house money. A, and... You look ahead to the Big East tournament, and you, you, you just look at how far we've come since our senior year to now, and you just can't help but look forward to that tournament with, with smiling faces and eager ambitions. Yeah, you said it right there. It's that you're looking up with the bow on top, playing with house money. When they released that schedule back in what, September, the Big East schedule, yeah. you circle that date at Nova. Last day of the regular season, not last day, last regular season game for Providence, thinking, all right, Let's see, that'll be a big game for the Friars. <laughs> Little did we know, you're heading into the last week of the regular season, still to play Nova one more time. And that yeah, game is meaningless in terms of Big East standings. You have it all wrapped up. The team can go in there and play loose. And we're going we're gonna to prep that game separately. There's going to be a, a shorter podcast here, just us first thoughts after the game. To, to get you guys something because I mean, we had to capture this emotion we're I, feeling right now. I could not record right now. Yeah, we had to. Yeah, we're doing this in the we're doing this in the car on the way back from the game because uh, we just had to record this moment. But the Friars, Big East champions, regular season, first time in program history. You got to think Dave Gavitt's looking up, proud of this team right now. All, all these Friar legends from the past, proud of this team and where that they've gotten to at this point. Absolutely. We can also say Friar fans. Go ahead, buy those tickets. Madison Square Garden, Thursday at noon. That's when the Flyers are going to be playing. Right now, you might be playing Butler or St. John's. A couple other teams possibly in the mix. We're going to find out as the regular season winds down over the next week. And then on that Wednesday, we'll, we'll figure out who it is the Flyers are actually playing. But you can go ahead and make those reservations. 
buy those tickets. The date is set. Friars are getting that game. Get you off of work. Yeah, we're uh, we're off work. We're gonna be at that game. Get so, our suits. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be covering that one. Uh, I, I mean, it's this is a a dream come true. It really is in every sense of the word. Tonight, in in a word, was simply magical. Magical and, and quite honestly, redemption. You know. This is a Providence team that was snubbed by COVID, and for anyone who disagrees, uh, unplug your headphones, don't listen to the re- the remainder of the podcast. But this was this is a Friar program that was snubbed because we were going to travel in that Big East tournament, and we were going to travel at in that 2020 NCAA tournament. So if you don't think we were snubbed, unplug your unplug your headphones because we're coming for revenge, you know. It started tonight. It continues Tuesday. And if you don't have your tickets for 12.30 on Thursday, what is that, March 11th? Whatever. Whatever it is. March 10th, March 11th. If you don't have your tickets for that Thursday yet, get them. Because you're going to want to be there when the Providence Friars take on the Big East Tournament. First things first, we'll prep for the Snova game on Tuesday, but... Enjoy the moment, soak it in, because the Providence are Big East regular season champions for the first time in program history. Dave Gavitt is smiling down on the conference. He's smiling down on Ed Cooley and the Providence Friars with, with grinning cheeks right now. Yeah, this is this is something special, man. I, I got to say, I, I, neither of us thought, I mean, we both thought this team had potential, but neither of us really thought this is how we were going to be uh, recording this podcast if you asked us back in September or October. Again, magical. What a night in Providence, Rhode Island. What a night at the Dunkin' Donut Center. And that is, there's hopefully going to be a lot more basketball played by this team, but there's no there's no better way to send out that group at this building than with a 21-point victory over Creighton. Dominant fashion, start to finish, what we wanted to see from this team all season. I'll leave you with one last nugget here, Joe. Ken Baum likes this one. Fire's jumping up. And we saw on that Selection Sunday show... That number does matter to the committee. That and the net matter to the committee. We're going to find out in the morning what the net looks like. But any movement in those numbers is going to help you if you want a three seed instead of a four seed. The Friars want to jump ahead of Nova in, in this race for seeding at Marsh Madness and hopefully, hopefully get a seed uh, region in the east. If you can get that, have a shot to play in Philly instead of out west, have your fans there, that could be huge. But that's looking ahead. Like you said, Joe, I think... This is a night where you sit back and just enjoy the history that was made in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm Matt St. Jean. That's Joe Howie. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at the Flex Hoops. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you like what we have to say, go ahead and rate us. If you don't like what we have to say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to rate it. Forget what I said. You didn't hear me say that. If you don't like us, just... Keep on moving. Yep, keep on swimming. Find another podcast that fits you, because this is one that uh, is for Big East champions only. But yeah, damn right. <laughs> for Joe Harry, I am Matt St. Jean. Thank you for listening. Go Friars.